welcome to Thriving as a Physician, the podcast that teaches you to thrive in your weight loss and life while juggling a packed physician schedule, because you deserve to thrive. Each week, I share sustainable, enjoyable tools that work in your busy life so that you can reach all of your goals faster with more confidence. Everything in this podcast is backed by my experience as an obesity medicine physician, years of coaching physicians on weight loss and eating, and my own personal weight loss journey. Let's get thriving. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss for physicians. I am not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. This podcast does not replace the need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing. Hello and welcome to episode 231 of the Thriving as a Physician podcast. I'm your host, Siobhan Key. Thank you so much for joining me today, guys. We have a really good episode planned today. Today, I'm going to teach you what to do when you feel like you just can't stop eating. How many of you have had that where you're like, what the F, why can't I stop eating? I know this isn't healthy, I know I'm full, and yet I just can't seem to stop. We're going to dive into that a little bit so that you have some really actionable places that you can look to work on feeling more in control around food. Because honestly, if you find that at times you're out of control, like you're like, I just can't stop eating and I don't get it, that makes it really hard for any way of eating to work to help you get to long-term weight loss. We really have to look at why is it that you sometimes feel out of control around food in order to stabilize your eating, create consistency so that you then can get where you want to go with your weight loss. So we're going to talk about that today. Just before I get going, I just want to make a note that we're getting ready to start the Fresh Start program. If you haven't heard me talk about it, this is a special bonus program inside Thrive Academy for Physicians where it's six weekly workshops diving in deep to some of the biggest topics. So some of them are relate to what we're talking about today. Some of the biggest topics that make it hard for physicians to lose weight. And the way I designed the Fresh Start program is I thought, okay, out of all these physicians I've coached over the years, if I could give them a magic wand and change big topics for them in a very short period of time, what would those topics be? And that's how I came up with the topics in the Fresh Start. So it's things like knocking down cravings. And literally in the span of the one session, you are going to have tools that will completely change your experience with cravings. So you will never, ever, ever have to fear having cravings again. Imagine that. Imagine the impact on your weight loss. And even what we're talking about today, if you just had the skill of dealing with your cravings, we're going to talk about things like motivation, setting goals that actually make you feel good. Um, stepping out of overwhelm. Because for physicians, when you start getting overwhelmed with your life, or if you start feeling overwhelmed with your weight loss, you know what happens? It's hard to keep going and stay focused on your weight loss goals. We have to have the skill of stepping out of that and more. So literally these sessions, one of these sessions could totally change your life. I just got a message from somebody who is not part of Thrive Academy, but has just come to some of my free sessions sending me a message of how much impact one session has had on her life and how her relationship with food and how it feels when there's 
tempting foods around has completely changed. And I want you to just think about that, about the impact one session might have for you, that it could totally change everything you've ever thought about weight loss because it's that's true. Now, if you're interested and you want to talk to me more, the first step is head over to my website, weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca and click on the work with me tab and then fill out an application. Once you've filled out an application, what will happen is you will hear from me directly. And if I think you're a good fit reading your application, I will invite you to book a call with me where you and I can talk directly. There is no obligation to any of this. It's all about having a conversation to make sure that this is a good fit for you and that I know that I can help you with whatever you're struggling with. So that when you join Thrive Academy, you do it with confidence that this is going to help me and this is going to be amazing. Okay, so head over to weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca, click on the work with me tab, fill out an application form, and then we'll talk. So I was thinking about times that I have felt totally out of control with my eating and there have been many. (laughs) Whatever you have experienced, I have probably done that and others. And I used to really literally think there was something wrong with me. So especially once I started to get somewhat interested in weight loss and I was trying but not really seeing success, I would notice myself in food situations compared to other people. And I thought there was something significantly wrong with me. So at social situations, if we're sitting, say, around, standing around a counter with like Abby's laid out, I like could not stop eating them. I would be in there and unable to stop reaching for another piece and another piece. And I started to notice other people didn't do that. And it confused me. (laughs) It's like, what is wrong with me? I used it against myself. I blamed myself, all the lovely things that we are wont to do (laughs) when we struggle with our eating and weight. But I noticed I was different and I didn't understand why. And that's why I'm making this episode for you because I know there's a lot of you out there that are thinking the same thing when you stand around with your friends around some appies and feel like you're the one. (laughs) I I keep picturing myself like just like diving face first into the appies and not lifting up to breathe. And of course it wasn't that, but that's like my mental image of what it was. Um, Other times after work, like I remember just Either it was two-sided, right? Finishing work, exhausted. I can't even think about cooking. Let's just order something in, ordering pizza, having, you know, a few slices, feeling full, but then feeling like I need to have more and finishing feeling like I was over full and not getting why or not understanding why. On call in the nurse's station, you've probably heard me talk about this before, but If food came out at 2 a.m., I could not (laughs) handle that. I had, I felt I had no choice and it it felt mindless. And I know a lot of you guys talked to me about that feeling like it's just this mindless eating that you kind of like, holy shoot, what did I just do? Did I really just eat that bag entirely to myself? There's lots of times where I, afterwards, I'm like, am I the only one that ate those chips? Did I just finish somebody else's chips? (laughs) which is, I'm laughing because I'm totally embarrassed by that, by the way, but it was true, like sitting around 2 a.m. waiting for somebody to dilate and can't go to sleep because the strip's abnormal and you have to sit there and look at it. That is a skill in its own right to learn how to manage your eating, right? So I blame myself. I thought something was wrong with me. And what I've learned over the years, and if this is the only thing you take away from this episode, it's going to help you, is when I focused on the eating, it rarely actually helped the eating. 
So when I was like, it just made me want more pizza. And so it maybe last a week and then I'd be like, oh, this has been a particularly tough day. We just need to order pizza. When I would sit there staring at those chips, like, okay, I need to not eat chips. At some point I was like, it's 3 a.m. I wish I was in bed. I'm just, I'm going to eat some chips. It's going to help me stay awake, right? The focusing too much on the eating makes the eating a bigger deal. It makes it harder for you to feel ease around the food. It makes it harder for you to not eat because you've put attention onto it. And when your brain's attention is there, then it builds desire. It gets more interested in what you're putting your attention on, right? Have you ever had that where you're like, I'm not really hungry. Oh yeah, I don't really want that. But then you start thinking about it. And then all of a sudden you may actually start to feel hungry or all of a sudden it sounds like a better idea than it did originally. That's this. The more we focus on it, our brain's like, yeah, okay, that sounds like a good idea. Let's do it. So let's go to the types of hunger because this is very important. Understanding why you're eating when you eat is a really, really life-transforming skill to have. doesn't mean you're never allowed to emotionally eat. Like I often hear that from people of like, oh, I just need to not emotionally eat. I honestly don't think that's realistic with our human brains, nor do I actually want that in my own life. Sometimes I want to emotionally eat and I choose to. But the difference now is I do it knowingly and I do it saying to myself, not that I have no choice but to eat, but like, I know I'm doing eating this because I feel really stressed and it's just what I want to do to deal with my stress right now. And that then puts me in more control so that the next thing I do to deal with my stress probably isn't going to be more eating. Because guess what I realize every time after I've eaten to deal with stress is that didn't work. (laughs) It just makes me want more. But there are still times where that's just what I want to do. So I think it's a really important skill to be able to identify that in yourself and know what you're trying to do with your eating, even if you still decide to eat. So number one is physical hunger. Physical hunger would be growling in your stomach, kind of a sense of emptiness in your stomach. You know it's been a decent length of time between when you last ate, and it makes sense that you're physically hungry. That's physical hunger. Then there's the more the emotional hunger. And that's where you have some sort of emotional response that triggers a desire for food, a hunger for the food. And sometimes that can be negative emotions, stress, sadness, anger, makes you want to go eat. But often it also is positive emotions, celebration, relaxation, happiness. All of these things might also make you want to eat. And then there's the taste texture hunger. So that's where you're like, I want something salty and crunchy. I want something sweet and gooey. Now, realistically, I think this is still an emotional hunger. I think it's still that something's going on in your brain and your brain's trying to fix it with food and it thinks a specific taste or texture is going to fix it. And so if you find yourself standing in front of the pantry, staring at things and like, no, no, not that. That's not what I want. It's got to be saltier. It's got to be crunchier. That would be a really good opportunity to ask yourself, what is it that I really need? What's going on right now? And again, you can still choose to eat the salty, crunchy thing when you find it. But asking yourself the question and getting that knowledge of what is it that's going on for you is going to be very, very important and helpful long term. And so If you are eating and you can't stop eating, that's not physical hunger. 
if the only thing driving your eating is the physical hunger, then that's you eat. And as you start to fill up and you get your hunger signals or you get your satiety signals starting to come up, then you naturally feel full and you stop eating. In my example I gave with the pizza, yeah, there was probably physical hunger because it was dinner time. But the going back for seconds would have been more about my busy day and the fact I felt exhausted and the fact I didn't actually want to do any of the work I was supposed to do that night and I was procrastinating on it, right? There's all these other layers that actually would have been driving that extra pizza when I knew I wasn't hungry. So why do we use food when we're not hungry? Why isn't food just fuel for most of us? And some people it is, right? We probably all have somebody in our life where food literally is just fuel. And sometimes this comes up when I'm coaching physicians in that if you've struggled with what we've been talking about so far today and you watch somebody else who just is not food motivated in the same way, it can feel again like there's something wrong with you. Like it can be easy to interpret that that's the normal way of being and your way of interacting with food is wrong or abnormal in some way. And that's simply not true. It's just we all have different brains. We're learning more and more about the genetics behind like our craving centers and our appetite centers, all these different things. We're learning more. But as a science, obesity medicine is still pretty far back, right? There's a lot of years where it was not focused on. And so there's still so much to learn. But we all have unique brains in every aspect of our life, including how our brain relates to food. And if you're resonating with today's topic, it's likely that you have a brain that just likes to view food as a reward and might be more sensitive to the dopamine that you get from food. Because the question comes up, why is it that we don't just use food for fuel? Well, number one is food gives us dopamine, especially the foods that we crave. And we are in an environment all the time where food is highly dopaminergic and highly available and highly marketed to us at all times. It's really easy to anywhere you go to see and find food that will activate the dopamine centers of your brain. And if you have a brain that is prone to that, is interested in that, it's going to notice. There was one day where I was driving to work and just counted the number of food cues I got just in the span from my house to work. And it was crazy the amount of food cues like the billboards, and now some of the billboards actually have videos playing, and the radio had multiple ads about food, and the corner stores. There was so much food cues just between work and getting to the hospital. And even when we're not aware of those, our brain is noticing them. And it can be driving desire. It can be driving interest in food that might show up later in the day. So the other piece to be aware of is the motivational triad. So our brains like to get things that give us pleasure. So food gives us pleasure. Processed food and food with sugar in it gives us even more pleasure because it is designed to activate our dopamine centers of our brain. But the motivational triad also means we look for things that give us pleasure. We look for things that avoid pain. And we look for ones that take the least amount of energy to do. And that's evolutionary, right? If we had to have the choice in survival between feeding ourselves from food that's right there and we're able to get without exerting a lot of energy, like a patch of berries, versus 
going and walking kilometers and kilometers to hunt something and not knowing whether or not you would get something, in the moment we would be more attracted to the berries because it's a given and it's going to take less energy. Now extrapolate that to our current food environment where the berries are (laughs) packages of baked goods and they're everywhere. And our brain that hasn't changed in that time looks around and it's like, well, that's going to help. That'll keep me alive. That's going to help me survive. And it, it gravitates towards the easy access food. So it's nothing going wrong. If you find that you sometimes just can't stop eating, it's nothing going wrong. It's just how our brains act. So why specifically as physicians do we often feel out of control around food? Because, right, we're like, I'm a doctor. I should never feel out of control around food because I should be in control of everything. And I know everything that's supposed to keep me healthy and I should just do it with ease, right? That's the voice in our head that we hear. And it's not a very nice voice. It doesn't help us. But I think every physician I've ever worked with has that voice talking to them. The reality is, during our medical training, we are not taught to care for ourselves. This is getting better, but I think probably still has room for improvement, would be my thought. So our brains, at some point in our training, when we were up all night, trying to navigate seeing patients, but also being a learner and worrying about messing up and worrying that a preceptor might get mad at us and navigating new hospitals that we didn't know where anything was and nurses that didn't really like med students, right? Like all those things. Of course, our brain, when we came home from work, our brains were tired. They had to work so hard during those years of our lives. And at the same time, there was very little space to actually care for ourselves. And so at some point, if you are listening to this, at some point, your brain probably chose food as a form of self-care. And it's not wrong. The food gives you dopamine. It feels like self-care. That part of your brain can't see that that dopamine is really short-lived and it doesn't give you lasting benefit, but it views it as benefit. So number one reason why physicians struggle with feeling out of control around food is lack of self-care. And in the void of self-care that our medical training creates in our life, our brains jump in and create it for us. And it's food or maybe it's wine, or maybe it's shopping. There's so many different ways your brain might do this, but if you're listening to this episode, food is probably one of them. Number two reason why we struggle is accumulated stress. It relates to the self-care, but we are taught to just keep going and just keep working and push yourself even when you're feeling tired, even when you feel like you need a break. That's what medical training teaches us to do. And at some point, those stresses have to be processed. It's really funny as I say this because I'm sitting here recording this with a headache. And I had, when I sat down to record, I had the choice between, okay, do I go have a bit of a nap? And I'm like, but I need to get these recorded. I'm just going to sit down and get it done. And then I'm going to take, have a nap later if I still need it. And so it's funny because this is exactly what I'm talking about is those patterns in our brain where we're like, no, no, it's okay. I'll just keep going. I'm just going to keep working. I'll be okay. I'll be okay. I don't need any help. I'll just keep going. I'll figure it out later. And guess what? Your brain figures it out and it figures it out using food. And so that is the most common cause of that 
evening eating, if you get home and you're like, I was good all day, what happened? And can't stop eating. It's probably accumulated stresses that you haven't had a chance to process. And then you get home exhausted. And if you think back to that motivational triad I just talked to you about, your brain's like, okay, let's make it better quickly with little effort. All right, some sugar fits that bill. And again, that piece of your brain can't see that the food is short-lived, that it fits the bill, it makes you feel better while you're eating it. But then that stress and that fatigue is still there. Number three is high standards in the black and white thinking. We hold ourselves to such high standards around everything that it triggers a lot of stress that we carry through our days and probably are not aware of. So black and white thinking and holding ourselves to high standards around how we're doing as a physician, around how we're parenting, but also how we're eating and what we're doing for our weight loss. And anytime you're holding yourself to really high standards and you're like, either I'm successful or I'm not, then you set yourself up for creating times where if you deem you're not being successful with your eating, then you're going to be feel out of control with your eating. It's not going to be just like I had one bite of this or I really enjoyed this one piece of this. It's going to be like, well, now I've blown it. Now I'm just going to keep going. So the really high standards, viewing things in black and white is not helpful. It is always helpful to view things in the grayscale of, you know, good, better, best. And really viewing it as there is this spectrum of ways I could be. And even as a physician, there's days I'm going to be a really amazing physician and days where I'm going to be a good or adequate physician. And they're okay. It's okay to have that spectrum. But if I decide the days where I feel like I'm not quite the best physician, then I'm going to retain stress over that. And it's going to bother me through the day and it's probably going to influence my eating. And I encourage you to look at your life and see if there's places where you view things in the same way or where that accumulated stress influences your eating or the way you tell yourself stories about whether you're being successful or not influences your eating. Okay, so what can you do to feel more in control? Number one is you have to stay in compassion. You have to be nice to yourself. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with you if you sometimes feel like you're out of control around your food. It's just that there's things that you have not addressed yet. But if you blame yourself, you're going to block your ability to find solutions that are going to work for you. You're going to stop your ability to find out what's actually happening. Number two is you have to get curious. When you're compassionate, it's easier to be curious and be like, okay, hmm, wonder what's going on here. Hey, Siobhan, why did you go back for those extra slices of pizza and keep eating even when you knew you were full? How's your day been, Siobhan? right? Asking yourself that type of question. What might be influencing this today? And what what will happen is you'll start to gather a bunch of data about your brain and food. And as you get more data, it's going to be easier for you to figure out what you want to do about it, to have some ideas of how you could change things. Number three is look for underlying drivers. So while you're being curious, look for these themes. For me, some of the drivers I've already mentioned that being up in the middle of the night, that was one I had to deal with. Being really busy and behind in the office was a huge one. And that's true for a lot of physicians I work with. Being in social situations and feeling slightly socially awkward, anxious, that was one I had to figure out. All For you, they might be totally different, but look for the themes 
And those themes are going to be your underlying drivers. And then once you've found a driver, then you can start thinking about how you want to handle it differently. Maybe there's a way to handle it that's going to be more effective than the food actually is at addressing that underlying need or that driver. All right. I hope that was helpful. Send me an email. Let me know how it was at info at weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca. And if you are a physician who sometimes feels out of control with food, that is my jam. That is what I help physicians do all day, every day. I've lived that life and I have tools that really, really work and create so much more ease than what you probably currently are experiencing around your food. But I encourage you to head over to the website, weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca, click on the work with me tab and fill out an application form. And then you and I can chat with no obligation, no pressure, just a conversation about what your needs are, what your challenges are and how I might be able to help you. All right. Have a fantastic week, guys. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.